0: Hello and welcome back to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I'm your host Matt Addison with Ian Doyle, Paul Gorst, and Dan Kay alongside me as we talk through the latest Liverpool talking points, preview the game with Watford this weekend and discuss the key points from Jurgen Klopp's pre-match press conference which took place this morning. We'll start though with the news that both Alisson and Fabinho will be missing from the Liverpool squad that travels to Watford on Saturday. Dordie, I'll start with you. What's the latest on their situation? And can you talk us through a little bit of what the plan is for them and, and what Jurgen Klopp has told us so far?
1: Well, Liverpool were keeping their cards very close to the chest over the past couple of weeks of what they were going to do with the with the two Brazilians. But it's been obvious for a while, clearly for them, they knew there was only going to be one option. And that was going to be sending them to uh, directly to Spain, just missing out the Watford game altogether. I mean... It is a little bit confusing in the sense that this is to do with quarantine rulings rather than just them not being back in time for the Watford game. There's obviously there's certain layers to it. First of all, Liverpool wanted the game against Watford switched to from 12.30 to 7.45 to give them a little bit of a chance of getting Alisson and Fabinho back in time because they obviously played the early hours of Friday morning UK time for Brazil against Uruguay. And Watford said no, the Premier League didn't really want to get involved too much, I don't think, and so that was that. So then liverpool left with the decision well if we send them straight to spain they can do the part of the quarantine or rather part of the non-quarantine over there because the last time they were in a red list country was colombia on sunday night slash monday i believe and when they arrive back in england if they've been in a red list country for 10 days previous in the previous 10 days they have to quarantine doing the bespoke quarantine for 10 days where they're allowed out and they can uh, play the games and and but they've got it and they can train once a day, but that's it. So Liverpool have decided rather than come back to England, go straight to Spain, go to Madrid, go there. They'll be there now, actually. Um, stay there, get ready for the Atletico game on Tuesday. And then if you remain out till, I think it's Jürgen Klopp said, Wednesday night, Thursday morning, that, that crossover, they'll have been 10 days out, out, since they were in Colombia, which means they can then come back to England and then they can, uh, they can, they can then just return, don't have to quarantine, just go back into the bubble as normal with the rest of the players and they can see the families. And that, that's an important thing Klopp was quite keen to make a point of because he said, look, we've been asking for exceptions and people will say, well, how can you do this, that and the other? Why are you any difference? But he said, look, from a purely human point of view, if Alisson's been away, for example, for 12 days from his, from his family and his kids, he mentioned Alisson, he's got three three kids, and he'd then have another 10. So that's, that's like almost a month then. I and mean, okay, that's just... Mm-hmm. You know, we have to bear in mind that these, as I say, these are, you know, they might be footballers who earn a lot of money, but they're also humans with a lot of this, you know, exactly the same as the rest of us. So they have those issues and they'd rather not have to contend with them. So, yeah, Liverpool are without these two players for the game at Watford, which I'm sure we'll get on to how that affects them a little bit later on. But they'll be available for Atletico and then they'll be able to come back on Thursday and prepare normally for the, the game against Manchester United, which is next weekend. I mean, Klopp obviously... Not an ideal situation. He had a bit of a dig, didn't he, at the Federations? He was obviously referring to you know, FIFA for arranging that Brazil game so late. It's not just Liverpool that have been affected, of course, but, but Liverpool have been affected in the sense that the the half-twelve game. And When you also consider that in Spain, uh, Atletico Madrid's game against Granada, that was called off um, at their request uh, because they were missing, I think it was four players, uh, I think it's two Argentines, two, two Uruguayans. They've now got an extra time to prepare for the uh, the, uh, the Champions League game on, on Tuesday. So there are a lot of things that are probably just grated with Klopp a little bit. I mean, you've got, you know, the old phrase, on parallel times, it's, we're still in that. what 18, 19 months uh, down the line, it, we're still trying to cope with what's going on in terms of the pandemic and the effect it's having on everybody's lives. But for Liverpool, they're the ones that you would have to say have been affected more than anyone in the Premier League at the moment, certainly this weekend. And... They'll
0: hope that they don't. They don't pay for it. Jurgen Klopp, obviously, was really keen to say to journalists, you know, they shouldn't write that he was frustrated by this situation. But <laughs> it's pretty hard to think of a, a different word to, to use for it, isn't it? I mean, we had this similar sort of conversation about frustrations this time last month when there was internationals. We're going to have the same next month for the November internationals. There's not really a better word than frustrating to sum up the whole thing. No, he, he's
2: he's writing what he says in terms of it always comes across the Klopp's having a moan at these types of things. But he's basically just saying what he thinks and what plenty of other managers think. Um, the, the The only issue I'd probably have is he seems to think that us in the media can impact it just as much as he can. So he said a couple of times, if you think this, then you write it and hopefully people will listen because no one's listening to me. But let's face it, the Premier League and the... Government bodies of football are going to listen to Jürgen Klopp's in passion please a lot more than any kind of opinion piece from me, Doily, Dan, Theo, or anyone else be working for any other newspaper or website, aren't they? So, um, you know, while we might agree with them on certain points, it you know, change is only going to be coming around from the likes of him and Pep Guardiola and other really high-profile managers continuing to, to bang on the door. And and that, that, is, that is what he does, to be fair, but... Um, yeah, it's just it's a bit of a surreal one, isn't it, when you're looking at players missing out because of, um, <clears throat> obviously, quarantine issues, um, but also the, the, the timing of, of games and so on. Like, you know, Liverpool are going to have this issue in a month's time again, aren't they, with Brazil playing, you know, less than 48 hours before Liverpool's game or, or whatever, and they're not unique, are they, in, <clears throat> in that issue? Chelsea are going to be without Thiago Silva this weekend. Obviously, there's the Brazilians who play for Manchester City, and um, it's just not an ideal situation. And perhaps there should be some more, you know, open dialogue between all the <clears throat> organisations who are impacted by it. But it doesn't really seem to be the case, and everyone just seems to be out for their own interest. And perhaps we probably shouldn't be surprised at that, given how football has been, particularly over the last two years.
0: I think Fabinho played 71 minutes down, but Alisson didn't even play at all against Uruguay. He was sat on the bench. Does that just make it even more frustrating and add more to this? Do you think?
3: Absolutely. The fact that you know it, it, you know, it, it would have made no difference. Obviously, every, every team needs a reserve goalkeeper, and you know he, you know, it's basically him and Edison are the main two. But it just ties into, and, and, and I, I think you know, as the lads have said. As you've said, you know, Klopp is clearly frustrated, but doesn't want to come across as too much of a moaner. But I think it it, tie, it ties into the wider issue about, obviously, we're in a unique situation because of COVID, because of the pandemic, because of all these unusual rules that have never been a thing until the last 18 months. And we hope, you know, at some point in the future, they will disappear, never to return. But, for, you know, but for quite, I think, for probably 10, 20 years now, across Europe, national associations have made accommodations for teams playing in european competition um you know uh, well you know, make uh, often having games moved to the friday night or certainly not making them play sunday tuesday now obviously as we know this isn't a completely a european issue and because liverpool's match against atletico was on the tuesday saturday was the only option for this watford game um but it, it's it, everything is it, it's a perfect storm of frustration, essentially, isn't it? Because you know th- th- there's got to be more joined up thinking in terms of when the international fixtures are scheduled. You know the um, all right, we, we know that Premier League fixtures are generally given their TV dates a month or two in advance, but the international ones, you know, you imagine are, are done quite some time ahead. So how is nobody? not seeing the problem here that you know they, you know, and obviously it's, as, as was pointed out just before it's not just liverpool who've got brazilian players liverpool you know these brazilians are playing late thursday early friday and then the clubs who pay their wages are playing on the saturday um you know there, there's been a lot of talking, you know in recent years particularly in recent weeks about the burnout of players and flogging them to their death you know fl- flogging them to death inevitably there is going to be You know, as Dory said, there are human beings, but also as as spectators, as fans, as well as journalists, we want to see the players in their optimum condition because that's that's where they're going to play the best football. And if they're just being basically treated like pieces of meat, hawked out from different parts of the world for national associations and clubs to, you know, get their pound of flesh, everybody's poorer for it. The players' health, but I also think the spectacle of the games. So, this is a this is an ongoing issue. It's not a new thing. Obviously, COVID has made it more difficult. But they're going to have to sit down and, and figure out a better solution because it's it's not right what, what's happened here.
0: Yeah, I mean, we had sort of Thibaut Courtois-Doily last week criticising the, the international fixtures and, and the calendar. We've got Arsene Wenger trying to suggest that we have a World Cup every other year. There's just so many different elements to this. It does sort of feel like we are edging towards a point Almost of no return, where you have to, to to come to some sort of solution because you know, as Dan says, we're just flogging and flogging and flogging. Eventually, the whole thing just doesn't work.
1: Well, the thing is, if you ask all of these individual federations and these authorities and whatnot, they'll say, "Yeah, we agree there should be less games, fewer games, yeah, but but not in our competition. It's got to be in their yeah. competition." Yeah, you know, that's the thing. It is as Ghosty said, self-interest. As Dan said, it's you're in the danger of just flogging them until. You know, they can't take any more. And then, you know, it, the, the, you know, as Dan said, the spectacle suffers. This is the thing. And, you know, Klopp's been on about this for years. He's not the only one, though, is he? Well, because he's the manager of Liverpool, who were the Premier League champions two years ago and got to two Champions League finals and one of the biggest clubs in the world. People, and he's a very engaging, charismatic character. People listen to him. You know, they want to know what he says. So, uh, he comes out and says something and it has a lot more weight than perhaps a lot of other managers or or, or as you said or, or if I write it or go see you know I wrote something about it yesterday so uh I'm pretty sure Klopp would have read that and gone yeah I'm totally in agreement with that and I'll make make sure that I mention it in the press conference which he did but he, he probably mentioned it in a very subtle way that none okay. of us spotted and never will um but but yeah it, that is that is problem it is just about being a bit greedy, because the thing is, is that I think all of them, as I said before, all of the these kind of like FIFA and whatever, go, yeah, we we know we need to play a well and with this, that, and the other, and they're all very well-meaning, but not other, you know, as I said, but you know, FIFA want to introduce the club World Cup, uh, sorry, they, they, they wanted to int- expand the club World Cup. They've been desperate to do, it, haven't they, for quite a few years? And I think if. Yeah. Covid hadn't have happened, it would have probably been this summer, and Liverpool could have mm-hmm. been there. In I think it was meant to be in China, wasn't it? That was it, with about 24 clubs, which, well, on the face of it, doesn't seem like the worst idea in the world. Until if they go, okay, i I'm gonna have the World for every two years, it's like, well, hang on, no one of these players ever gonna have a rest. You know, we've seen that. You know, the likes of Mane and Salah, they've barely, and Firmino, you know, they've barely had a break for, for years. I know Mane and Salah had one this year. That, that's why it was such a big deal. Um, but yeah, it is. It is about. Okay, Dan, me and Dan are old enough to remember when Liverpool were playing 50 or 60 odd games a season. And I have this, I have this argument with my dad about, you know, rotating players. He goes, Well, why, why do they need to rotate players? They all played 60 games a year, you know, a season years ago. I I'm like, Well, yeah, they were playing against other teams that were playing 60 games a season. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. That's why you need to rotate players now. But there's only so many times you can rotate and players will eventually just run out of steam no matter how big your squad is you'll always have players that play more games than others and they're in, in, <laughs> of course they're inevitably the best players the key players and they're the ones that you want to see playing all the time because they're, they're the ones that you know get bums on seats and get get people watching on television so if you have a situation where these players are just not being given opportunity to play at their best and it, it impacts everything from you know, the, the viewing figures to the broadcasting rights, to the money that gets through the turnstiles, and it all lessens the product. So you would think that they'd all get their heads together and go, look, okay, yeah, we do need to sort something. We're all going to have to take a little bit off our own schedules and, and help the players this way. But as Dan said, because of the way COVID's impacted things, and you wouldn't normally have Brazil playing on a Thursday night. It's just happening at the moment. And it's this, you know, this is, as we said, a perfect storm of all these things collide and it just happens that this month Liverpool are in the middle it could be somebody else next month
2: I've seen a video from uh, from Arsene Wenger today um, and he was basically outlining why why the players would want to play a World Cup every year he said everyone wants to be a world champion even if it's only for 10 minutes and um people, players want to do this but you know as much as I I've agreed with with Arsene Wenger's whole kind of philosophy in football over the last 25 years or so I'd, I'd massive, massively disagree with him, and, and I can't help but think that. Um, and I'm surprised by it, by, by Wenger, but I, I can't help but he's, he's just kind of toeing the line for, for FIFA. And it's essentially a, a power grab, a money grab for FIFA, isn't it, to so have a World Cup every year? Think of the money that's going to generate um, across the game. And that is the ultimate reason for why they want to have a, a World Cup every year, because it's not for the players' benefits. Um, players, you know, it's obviously the pinnacle for for a player to represent your country at a World Cup, and, and the idea that they're every four years um, is something to work towards and something to, to build towards. And if it's coming around every 12 months, I think it'll take the shine off it for players, a bit of the prestige. And if you don't want to be playing every summer, absolutely no no doubt about it. And then, as Klopp said today, if, if there's a World Cup every summer, the, the European Championships will want to get involved, so UEFA will. We we'll look at it and <clears throat> we've still got your Na- Nations League games, and then the Champions League wants to play more games, and, and the Club World Cup. There's there's ideas over that, so um it just seems though there's just too many too many cooks in the in the kitchen, and too many companies just looking to to make money really, um as opposed to looking after the players and, and player welfare. And I thought Tibo Cortez interview this week was interesting. If anyone caught that, where he was basically saying, yeah, it's all down to money. We don't want to be, be playing all year round. We want to have a bit of a break and a rest. And at the moment, you know, too many players aren't being allowed to do that.
0: Yeah, it certainly feels like a solution has to be found sooner rather than later. But obviously it's two big losses, done for, for Liverpool in terms of the Watford game. No Allison means that Quivin Kelleher will be between the sticks. It's a big test for him, but he is a very capable goalkeeper. He
3: is, yeah. I think I'm right in saying he, he did play a couple of Premier League matches last season, didn't he? <clears throat> um, so, you know, and, he, and he's clearly superseded Adrian as the number two. Um, so it's a big opportunity for him. <clears throat> I think you know there'll be certainly. <clears throat> I think supporters looking <clears throat> at him taking his place between the sticks at Vicarage Road tomorrow will feel a lot more assured than they did maybe this time last year uh, when he when he had to play a few games because obviously as well there was nothing like a full strength defence in front of him then either. I think you know, Fabinho potentially is more of a miss um, for Liverpool in the midfield. It's you know, with Liverpool a little bit of a checkered history and under what I read. I read before actually. This is this is Klopp's sixth sixth trip to Watford, and it'll be the sixth different Watford manager he's come up against, which is an extraordinary stat, really. Um, I I went to the Bogdan game, which I think I think I might have been the first time I'd ever been to Vickery Road actually, and it was a miserable. After Klopp's first, he'd you know, been, been in the job a couple of months. So we've had a couple of defeats there, a couple of good wins. Obviously, they've just appointed Ranieri, so that, so there's always the, the fear of the dreaded new manager bounce. Um, and you know, and, and you know, Liverpool don't have an awful lot of options in, in, in midfield w- w- without Fabinho. Cater, I believe, has played three games in six days while, interna- uh, while on international duty. So you have to think it's going to be quite likely that Klopp would want to throw him in again. Um, so, the, so the, you know, when we pick our team later, there's not really, it doesn't seem like there's many other options. Curtis Jones, of course, as we know, got got injured on international duty with England, much to Klopp's sugar in. So, it looks like Henderson, and, and, and Chamberlain for tomorrow. So, not an, ormo- an enormous amount of options. That being said, I'm sure the, the majority of teams in the Premier League will probably be quite happy with them as the front three. But it's not the easiest return for Liverpool. And obviously, a, a, a very big week ahead with, you know, well, the start of four consecutive away games, but obviously particularly on the back of Watford, then the trip to Atletico and then the trip to Old Trafford um, next Sunday. So it's it won't be easy for Liverpool or Watford, but, you know, this is a Liverpool team that we've seen in the last couple of years has had to overcome all manner of different challenges and obstacles. And, you know, I'm sure we'll, we have to be believing in their ability to to find it, to find the right solutions tomorrow.
0: Yeah, both uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold and Diogo Jota are coming back, don't you? So that's a, a boost. But still, no sign of Thiago Alcantara. It didn't look like that big of an injury a few weeks ago against Crystal Palace. But we're still not really any closer to knowing when he might be back. And it is very reminiscent, really, of his first season at Liverpool. It's a bit of a worry, isn't it? That I
1: don't think it's as worrying as his knee, which kept him out. What was it? Three months. I don't think it's going to be anything like that. I mean, he's been out. Was it going to be four weeks now? This weekend that he'd been out. So. I think he could be back. I, I my guess would be, judging from what Klopp's saying, and you know, you saw him posting pictures, Disney not he on Instagram? Wasn't Thiago? I, I think United possibly could be back for that game. The thing is, you Liverpool will probably need him as Dan said. They ran out, of, kind of running out of midfield options, which is, you know, those people who say, oh, well, we should have signed, you know, another, another midfielder in the summer. It's like, well, you, well, one of them is unavailable because of something ridiculous. That's Fabinho, and. You know, one of them got injured on international duty, one of them is gonna be out for a while, and the other one <clears throat> we don't know when he's gonna be back. We just said that's Thiago. So you can't just keep players forever because you know, as we've seen with the centre backs. Now now I think Klopp got asked a question, didn't he? About you know, what about Joe Gomez? How's he doing? And Klopp said, Well, look, he's doing all right, you know, but he's just not getting gains because we need a bit of continuity. Defence says so we learned last year that we need at least four centre backs, and we've got five. And now I'm getting, I'm kind of getting asked questions about, oh, well, what about all your other centre backs? It's like, well, you know, you can't be both ways. So I think that's just one of those things that happens. You know, you look at there the are other clubs who've got positions. We look at look at Manchester United, where they you know they've got two centre backs injured now, the two main ones, and people are up in arms saying how are they going to cope? It's like, well, I've and five. Five miss suddenly they're getting a little bit of you know what Liverpool had to cope with last season. So it'll be interesting. I think. I think Harry Maguire will be back soon anyway. So they're not nowhere near as badly affected. But it's just interesting seeing the reactions of other teams to problems that were meant to not really be problems last season for Liverpool. It just you know, swings and roundabouts, isn't it?
0: Certainly is. No Curtis Jones either, Gorset, for the weekend's game. Jürgen Klopp really wasn't too pleased with the, the treatment um, that he'd got on England under-21's duty. He wasn't, was he? Um, I must I, I admit,
2: I thought Jones would be OK because he'd he come on for the last half an hour. And he obviously had a hand in the assist for Smith-Rowe and it turns out he he actually is injured. And and Klopp kind of um, just brought that up unprompted. I think it was Karl Markham at the Press Association who asked him about um, something to do with Alisson and Fabinho's um, quarantine issues. And Klopp kind of went on a little bit of an aside and said, oh yeah, by the way, Curtis Jones played for the under-21s. He's now injured. We haven't been able to get in contact with the under-21s. And this is the England under 21 so we should be able to but um basically a little bit of a sarcastic play i and sure they really needed them for that one and now he's injured but I can I can see, see see where he's coming from with that kind of little bit of a sharky quip but um you know if every manager thought that then you know England and twenty ones would, wouldn't have a team but the you know players are called up you can't start saying oh well he plays for the Liverpool so we can't call him up just the nature of the, of the beast. Unfortunately, um, but Liverpool very really do seem to. I mean, obviously we're more tuned into it than any other club, but don't know what it is. Is it, is it Liverpool players have very, have very specific kind of training regimes to, to keep them in the condition that they're in, and as soon as that deviates on international duty, that bodies can't handle the adjustments or what? I don't know, but it does seem that Liverpool the Pills players seem to get hit a lot more frequently on international duty, don't they? I mean, even Diogo Jota was sent on, wasn't he, for a little bit of a muscle issue. Thankfully, he's going to be OK. But, um, yeah, every, every time the pool the Pills players go away, you crossing your fingers and holding your breath and seeing who, who comes back fit and healthy. And we've got I another like, one. I like
1: England's under-21 team. has got some players in there, that just like i would never... Not said I've never heard of, but I've never heard of them. Like the, the goalkeeper... My favourite one is the goalkeeper's called Etienne Green, and hes I was reading up about him. I'm pretty sure he's obviously got English parents, but they moved to France when he was like four. And who do you think he plays for in France? His name is Etienne, Etienne. Yes. <laughs> Brilliant. there. Incredible. That's like having a, what is it? It's like having a player yeah. called Liverpool, I don't know, Liverpool Doyle. Well, Liverpool,
3: yeah. <laughs> Liverpool well, Red. Pro yeah. Emo? Liverpool Joy, God lot
2: The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
0: Anyway, I can't remember how we got onto that, but anyway, we'll move on to Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain instead. I think, Dan, for me, this sort of feels like a game where Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain mm. will be looking at it and thinking, if he can't start this one, when does he ever get a game? <laughs>
3: Yeah, it's you know I, I do feel for Oxley Chamberlain because you know I, I maintain that you know for all the business with Carrius and Ramos and, and and everything else that went on in Kiev, the loss of him against Roma in the first leg of the semi final was a major factor in Liverpool not being able to bring that European Cup back home in 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 2018. He he was becoming a massive part of that team. As, as, as that really clicks into gear, particularly in Europe, but, you know, the two games against Man City in the quarterfinal, everyone remembers the, the great goal he scored. But he, I was at the second leg at the Etihad when Liverpool were getting mullered for the first thirty-five, forty minutes, and he played an enormous part in helping Liverpool get a foothold in the game, and played a big part in equalising goal. And then, obviously, he had the horrendous injury, took him a year and a bit to come back. And then, I may have mentioned this before, but the kind of topical now with Liverpool back to face Atletico Madrid next week. The infamous game, the second leg at Anfield, which obviously has been in the news this week for you know for pandemic reasons, he was magnificent that night. He was the best player on the pitch, I, I thought, and I think Klopp made one of his biggest tactical errors of his Liverpool career in substituting him with ten minutes to go because he was running that game. And I think if he stayed on the pitch, we might have won it in ninety, let alone extra time. Anyway, yeah, that ship's sailed, and I'm, I'm not I'm not unloading on Jurgen Klopp, who I still you know have, you know. A draw and have enormous time for. But I think those two examples are symptomatic of just how he hasn't had the breaks in in, in his time as a Liverpool player. There's there, there is there is a player in there, I think. But you know, he's not been helped by circumstances going against him. This is a huge opportunity for him. You know, we don't know how long Thiago's gonna be out for. We don't know how long um Curtis Jones as well. Obviously, you know, as as we've mentioned on this part and obviously has been well documented this season. Liverpool did not Liverpool chose not to replace Junior Wijnaldum with another body in the squad. Um, but he's only going to get so many more opportunities, isn't he? You know, he's he's age-wise he must be what 27-28 now. You know he has been at the club four years, August 2017 he came in. So you know and the, you know there has been talk you know there has been chance rumours linking him with the move away from Anfield in recent times. He seems a good lad. He seems, you know, a, a good part of the squad, a liked mem- a liked and valued member of the squad. But he needs to deliver on that undoubted promise that he shows, particularly in his first season, and then at times, you know, before everything stopped for COVID. So, big opportunity for him if, as we expect, he does get the nod at Vicarage Road tomorrow. And I really hope he can take it because, you know, it just feels like he, des- he deserves a lucky break. He hasn't had too many so far.
0: Yeah, It certainly will be interesting to see who lines up in the Liverpool midfield over the next couple of games. I thought Jurgen Klopp was excellent on the Newcastle takeover as well. We did a fair bit on Friday about that, so we won't go too much into that. But if you do want to watch that section, you can, of course, see Jurgen Klopp's full press conference over on the Blood Red YouTube channel after, of course, you finished listening to us today. But we'll move on to a preview of Watford then. It's Claudio Ranieri's first game in charge back in the Premier League, but for all the talk of a new manager bounce, I can't help but wonder, can you actually have a new manager bounce when you seem to have a new manager every other month?
1: Well, I think that's the Watford way, isn't it? They just like bouncing around. That's it. They're like a, they're, they're a bouncy castle. That's what they should be called. Actually, they shouldn't be called. That's a terrible um, <laughs> name. Uh, yeah, I mean, who was the last man? We did this last time, didn't we? <laughs> I can't even remember what the name was. <laughs> Dis- say were- Disco
0: Munoz, apparently. apparently.
1: Yeah, that's the one. Uh, yeah, Watford. Well, Ranieri. Let's face it; he knows what the Premier League's like. He's he's managed a, a couple of teams, obviously, in the Premier League now, so he knows exactly what to expect. Liverpool won't. Re- Klopp kind of mentioned him in the press conference, didn't he? he? Says, "Well, we're prepared. We've been watching lots of Sampdoria games because that's who he was last manager of. They played four four two. Watford start the season four three three. Went four two three one. So you can imagine. This again is another reason why, even if they probably could have got Fabinho over, he probably wouldn't have played because. He wouldn't have been involved in all the talk about the shape of the team, this, that, and the other. And I think that's always important for a, for a clock team because they they you know they, they fill them with the not loads of information but the right information before games. And that's what makes the first the first 10, 15, 20 minutes of the game on Saturday will be interesting purely to see how Liverpool cope with how Watford have lined up. I mean, there's not an infinite number of formations teams can line up in these days, so it shouldn't be too difficult to 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 adjust to it, but. Yeah, you're right. I mean, Watford have had that many managers that, as, as Dan said, who was it? Six and six. That's pretty incredible, that. That's an incredible six and six. Can six we six. name the six? Oh. Pearson. Uh, yeah, Pearson's one. won. I Miyaz. Mean, uh, no,
3: Kike Sanchez
1: Flores.
0: Yeah. yeah, done it twice.
1: Did he, did he go back won? twice? Or... What about possibly the guy? But did he manage at Watford? I was getting mixed up. The
3: one is at Sheffield Flores.
1: United. He didn't go to Watford, did he?
3: Or did he? Marco Silva, yeah. He was Watford manager before he went to Everton. Marco Silva, yeah. Silver, yeah. The, 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 the one that got him to the cup final when they got battered 6 0 by, I can picture him, I can't remember his name. He was Spanish.
1: <laughs> anyway, he was probably manager of Udinese as well at some point. Um, um, but, but yeah, that's the thing. I mean, the thing about Watford, it, it's a bit of a running joke. But whatever, it does, whatever, whatever they're doing, it works because they keep on, When they get relegated, they come straight back, don't they? So it's. He was one. Well. Yeah, it's kind of the wrong way, but it's the right way for them. If anybody else did it, you'd be going absolutely spur if you were supporting the clubs. But it seems to, you know, do do them reasonably well. You know, do we think Watford are going to go down this year? I don't. You know what I mean? So nope, I know. Not now,
3: not not now. Yeah. They've got Ranieri.
1: Yeah, so you know they've they've made that. Where are they? they didn't actually start the season that badly. They did they about twelfth or thirteenth? Yeah. yeah. So so they're not. They're not doing that badly. And I think, OK, forget the Ranieri thing. It will be a difficult game for Liverpool anyway, purely on the basis of what happened last time they went to Watford. I think the, the memories of that, they came up with a way which wasn't massively dissimilar to what Brentford did against Liverpool the other week. And I know Porto tried it, but I think Liverpool were quite got onto that quite early on and they didn't have quite the, the right right players to do it. And I'm not really sure that Watford have, but they do have, you know, the the the, uh, the threat of Sarne, I think, Liverpool will be more than aware of that, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's somebody that's still on their radar, looking to the future, considering whether or not they could make a, a bid for him next year. Don't anybody quote me on that, please, on one of these websites. Thank you. That's uh, just my opinion based on the facts
0: and looking at all. Journalist the says stuff, <laughs> the past, and if he now has a very good game, don't blame me. I'm sure he will have a very good game. He's got four goals already this season, hasn't he? I think Gorsley. And What have you? What have you made of him so far? Obviously, we know the sort of Liverpool links and, and interest, but have you been impressed with him back in the Premier League?
2: Um, I mean, I've only seen him on match of the day. I don't think I've only watched the televised game, and I'm sure if they have been on on telly. But yeah, he seems he seems to be um, he seems to be improving. Does he seem? Looks like he's a bit more of a number nine than he was possibly a couple of years ago, when he, was, he looked like more of a winger. He seems to have bulked up a little bit and seems to be more of a, of a central striker. And um, I, I, I I thought that a couple of weeks ago when I was having a chat with uh, Josh Williams last night, and um, he, he's written about Sarr this week and, and says he's still he's still playing on the right. He's kind of playing on the right of a, of a four two three one, 2 3 but um, seems to be a bit more of a goal threat than he has been previously. Um, yeah, he's, he's a player, isn't he? But I don't think... Um, I don't think liverpool should be too concerned going to Wafford, new manager bounce and all that but it's um it's a bit of a patchwork quilt team of a of a squad isn't it you know every time the squad list drops at 2pm on a saturday there's always someone in there who've never heard of and it's almost become a bit of a running joke it's like which which unknown is on the, the Watford list this week and i'm sure there'll be one or two tomorrow when me and doyle are looking at the team so if you're serious about winning this premier league title do you, do you you've got to be going to Vicarage Road and winning. And obviously there are injury problems and it's the dreaded 12.30 kick-off on, on a Saturday. But um, Liverpool still got more than enough to, to beat um, to beat this Waffle team.
0: And I suppose the, the one thing there won't be, Dan, is complacency, obviously. The new manager bounce possibility, the fact that Liverpool lost 3-0 there. The last time they played there, the one thing you wouldn't expect is for them to take this lightly.
3: No, exactly. I mean, the... Um, <clears throat> You know what? Watford have played quite a significant part at times in Liverpool's um, adventures over over the last few years. Like you say, I, I mentioned the three nil in twenty fifteen, the Bogdan game. I actually mm-hmm. forgot about the the three nil, which of course was Liverpool, which of course was the end of Liverpool's forty four game unbeaten run. Um, you know, just when they were on that one and were on the brink of winning the title, and this was a Watford team that got relegated. So you know, there's there's recent memory there of you know. How you can come a cropper if you take the you know Watford and and Vicarage Road and to be fair, any Premier League team for granted. So it it it, it it's, it's maybe not a bad game for Liverpool to come back into, just making sure that they they know they've got to be switched on, they know they've got to be aware. Um, but you know, ultimately, if you're talking about competing for the top prizes, challenging for the championship, um, Vicarage Road, Watford is the kind of place that you've got you've got to go to and win. Um, and, and, and the, just that thing I mentioned about, I, I kind of thought about doing a piece this week on it. I don't think we've had time to, but the after the the start of Liverpool's incredible run that ended at, at Vicarage Road um, began with a win over Watford. It was the five 0 game when Mane scored that brilliant kind of chopped back heel, and yeah. Van Dyke got two headers at the end. Liverpool's record from that from what, that Watford at home game. To that, to the Watford away game in February twenty twenty, was played thirty eight, won thirty six, drew two, lost none, which and I don't think enough has been made of that. I, I, you know, I, I don't think there will ever be another run of form like that. It's got to be the greatest in Liverpool's history. So I'm not, I'm not saying that Klopp will be pinning that, pinning that up on the dressing room tomorrow lunchtime and using it to motivate his players. But it's just, it just struck me as significant in the build up to the game this weekend that. Um, you know that Liverpool of twenty, that Liverpool of twenty nineteen, early twenty twenty, was one of the greatest football teams in England that you know English football has ever seen. And obviously, everything you know, a lot has happened since then. The pandemic, Liverpool have won a league and lost the league. But hopefully, it's maybe a little omen that after you know a reasonable start to the season. You know, Liverpool are still just a point behind Chelsea at the top we're now getting into the meat and bones of the season once we get the next tedious international break out of the way in a month's time we're really into the heart of it but you know but, it, but it's a it's a really important chunk of games for liverpool you know obviously um, with, with, with united in a couple of weeks time they um, you know they got a reasonable result against city in in you know in, in at the end of the last kind of stanza of matches so it's really important that liverpool hit the ground running and i'm sure Klopp will be making that point to his players before the kick off tomorrow
0: Yeah, absolutely. A big game for Liverpool at Vicarage Road. And just before we finish, we'll pick our teams for the game. We know that Alisson will not be in goal because of the Brazilian situation. So, Kovine Keller between the sticks. The back four, though, is interesting ahead of a a big week. I'd be tempted to make a couple of changes. I can maybe see a a Simicast or a Joe Gomez possibly coming in. But, Donny, which way would you play the back four, bearing in mind Atletico is just a couple of days away?
1: Yeah, Robertson, Trent, Van Dijk and Matip.
0: Fair enough, well argued, Ghosty.
2: Yeah, I'd, I'd struggle, struggle to make a case for, for anyone else. Obviously, they will have trained this week. Whereas Van Dijk, has been on international duty, but um, in, I'd, I'd still think that he warrants an inclusion and Trent back um, Robertson, uh, Matip, and Van Dijk. Yeah,
0: is there no argument to protect Matip? Do you think down ahead of you know a couple of big games coming up? I'd be very
3: concerned about him playing all three. To be honest. Yeah, I know. What, I mean, I'm right in saying he hasn't. He hasn't been away on international duty, though, has he? No, no. So, so he has had a chance to rest and recuperate and and prepare. You know, there's been this thing for Martin for two or three years now. You know, how many? You know, and obviously, I'm, I'm, the last thing I want to do is tempt fate. But he hasn't had an injury yet this season. No, is he becoming? Damn, have you done that? Why
1: have you done that, dad Is he becoming a world we'll be, we'll, bus? We'll be messaging you at twenty from You at you know twenty to one when he's gone down. <laughs> You're my
3: fault, won't it? Um, I, I can understand the logic in, th- in, in, in throwing a Joe Gomez in. He hasn't played a lot of football, Gomez, and a, you know, a, he's a very important member of the whole squad. I think he's got a very, very big future ahead of him. He does need minutes in his legs, um, but I, and you know, and you, you wouldn't want to be making too many changes for Atletico or for United away. So why are you then talking about playing that back four for all three games? So if you were going to make changes, I think it probably would be for Watford, you know. And and mm-hmm. I, I've been really tough with, with semi this season. In fact, until what was the match before the the, 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 the Porto away before City. Um, so the previous, I was a bit concerned about Robertson, um, who hasn't been quite been at his best. The the that, the, the and the, there was the three 0 draw at Brentford, wasn't wasn't there? And I just thought he little he looked a bit leggy, not quite on it. And I was kind of thinking to myself. Is there a case for saying, you know, putting Simacas in against City? Um, but to, to be fair to Robert, he, you know, he he, he he looked much more like his old self again away to Porto, even if obviously they were pretty woeful on the night. And he had another decent game against City. But I I I would I do want to see the likes of Simacas and, and Gomez getting minutes because, as we know, injuries happen during a football season and you don't want to have to thrust them in undercooked. But guns to my head... I think Klopp will probably go with the usual four tomorrow.
0: Yeah, we talk of, of injuries. There are injuries in midfield as well, and that's going to influence me to have a bit of a formation change, earlier. I'm going to go four-two-three-one just because of the lack of options. I'm going to go Cater and Henderson, which I know goes against what I said about Oxlade-Chamberlain earlier on. But are you going to go with a two or a three, and, and which two or three might not be? Um,
1: well, basically, Henderson and Milner will definitely play. Yeah. Um, and if oxlade chamberlain plays then it's the it's a full english midfield which i'm sure some people will be delighted with on social media <laughs> um kater i must admit has he really played three games in the last because i've
3: been off for a week well i read games? that online i haven't checked it out and verified he it played
0: might. he played three games but i'm not sure how far still,
1: i suppose he hadn't played for a while had he? And, he, and if he's got through there the th- but, yeah, having, having listened to what you said about Oxlade-Chamberlain, if he doesn't play, he's never going to play, is he? So, mm. I think it will be those three. Whether or not they set up in a two or a three with, or sorry, a three or a two with Oxlade-Chamberlain more advanced, I think it's going to depend on basically what Watford do. And I think possibly that's what they'll change it around, as I said before, in the first 15, 20 minutes, just to fit what actually, you know, what fits the game best. So, I think there's enough tactical variety in those three, plus, you know, two of them will have been training all week and they would have been planning for this game. I do think by the way, if Liverpool are gonna make changes, it'll be Atletico by definition, because they're gonna make two at least with Allison and Fabinho coming in.
3: Mm-hmm. And I
1: think they could change people around because that's a game where it sounds a bit daft. They can afford to lose that game. Whereas I think Watford United they can't really, they need to be, you know, the Brentford game in particular is possibly not put them back, but that's kind of put a bit more pressure on. They, yeah. they can't really afford, you know, if they draw at United, fine. But draw at Watford and United, suddenly it's like, hang on, that's four draws in a row now. They've got to just get something, you know, points in the bag, as it were, even at this early stage, so they don't fall too far behind. So I think they will go as strong as they possibly can at Watford.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking along similar lines in terms of, of going for it, trying to get a couple in front and then maybe making changes. But, ghosty what are you going to go for in terms of your midfield?
2: Yeah, I think, I'm, I think I'm with you, Matt, in terms of the 4-2-3-1, we don't really see the four play all at once, do we really? did it at Manchester City last season, he did it against Newcastle, but other than that, we don't really see it that much. But maybe this is a, an opportunity for it to, to, to have a go. and. Liverpool, in that first half against Newcastle, they obviously drew the game, but they created more than enough to put Newcastle away. And it was during that weird time when Liverpool were, you know, low on the hunches and whatever else at Anfield and really struggling for confidence. But I think now if, if they were to create those sorts of chances again against Watford tomorrow, you'd have no danger of Salah or Jotter or, well, any of them really, sticking them away. So I'm going to go with... 4-2-3-1. Four two three one, and I mean two in midfield. There's going to be um, Milner and, and Henderson, I think.
0: Dan, your midfield, are you going with James Milner as well?
3: Yeah, it, it for me. I, I, you know, as I said earlier in the pod, I, I just don't think there's there's that many options open to clock. I mean, as as Dorian said, we don't know exactly the, the details of Kates international involvement, but given his checkered injury history and the fact that he's already had one or two little mishaps this season. If he, you know, and it's obviously not just the games he's played, just the travelling. I think Klopp will want to maybe err on the side of caution there, and um, having the likes of you know um, Milner and Chamberlain particularly, who haven't travelled and should be primed and raring to go for me if for me it's Henderson, Milner and, and Chamberlain.
0: Yep, I'm going to go with the the front four then. As I say, I'm going to go with Jota, Mane, Salah and Firmino all at once and hopefully make a couple of changes on 60-65. But Dordie, you went with a three, didn't you? So what's Mm. your front three going to be?
1: Uh, It'll be Firmino, the down the middle, and it'll be Salah on the right and Mane on the left. And uh, I think Jota, (coughs) I think he's another one he'll he'll be quite keen to play against. Let's go, given the fact he used to play for them.
0: Of course. gusty your front four are the front four or are you making a change in there?
2: No, um, it is it is the front four. It's just a case of where they're going to line up, isn't it? Um, Salah on the right, Mane on the left and uh, I mean, I suppose it's very flexible, isn't it? It can change on a whim really throughout the game but maybe Jota just tucking in behind Firmino. You know? Jota played on the right actually, didn't he, against Brentford for the last half an hour or whatever it was. Um, I think Salah went as a number nine and Firmino was behind them, but yeah, um, Firmino behind and um, Jota
0: behind Firmino, I think. Yeah, Salah with a, a pretty good record against Watford as well. I think he scored yeah. four against them once, didn't he? Uh, Dan, um, who are you going to go with for your front
3: three? I think it is. It'll be the traditional front three um, again. Similarly similar to Kater, even if we know jota has been declared fit, um, but if he if there has been a slight little niggle there. Um, also, as well, I, I also think he's a better bench option than, than Firmino. You know, he's more likely to affect the game from the bench than Bobby is. Bobby tends to, his better performances come when he starts. So, yeah, for me, the, the tried and trusted Salah on the right, Manny on the left, and Bobby in the middle.
0: Interesting stuff. Well, that's our teams. They're not too long, given it's an early kickoff this weekend, until we find out whether any of us are correct. But just before we go, we'll do our usual match predictions. I'm going to say Liverpool win this three-one. Doily, what are you going to go with?
1: Well, I've been saying for these away games, I've been fully expecting the the one game where I didn't think Liverpool, where I said Liverpool would win, is the Brentford game, and they didn't. All no, the other ones, I didn't say they'd win, so they did. So I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I th- I think Watford they haven't got Troy Deeney to annoy Liverpool anymore, and they haven't got Decore, who had a very good game again. I'm pretty sure he, mm. he did play in that 3 0 didn't he? Because I know. He hadn't joined Everton then. I'm pretty sure he played in that game. It just seems like it was another lifetime. Yeah, starts the last to season, he went to Everton. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So, he's has caused Liverpool a problem, the, Liverpool problem when he's playing, but he's played for Everton last season. Mm. So, I th- I'm not entirely sure how well-positioned Watford are in terms of being able to do what Brentford did, because I think that's what Liverpool are going to have to get used to for the next, certainly, the next month or so when team's doing that. Um, so, I think Liverpool will win by two goals to one. Mm
0: close one. I think they've got uh, Musa Sissoko, haven't they, trying to do that kind of Decore-type role, but I don't think he's quite as good or mm-hmm. quite as consistent. Uh, Gorsley, how do you think it's going to go?
2: I think it'll be fairly comfortable, to be honest. I think Liverpool will win 2-0. I can't see famous last words, of course, but I can't see Watford scoring it. If, you know, Liverpool, that, that Brentford game aside, Liverpool will have been really strong defensively, haven't they? You know, obviously, you can see the two against City, but you know, that can happen to anyone and, and they didn't get beaten that one but yeah they're um they've been they've been good on the road generally Um i think the brentford game was the worst they played in in months still managed to come away with a draw and um, they were fantastic at leeds i think if you play anywhere near that kind of level they will have too much for offered
0: last but not least dan how do you reckon it might play out
3: I'm going to go for the traditional one team winning by three goals at Vicarage Road which has been a regular theme in the last uh, few years there and you will be unsurprised to say it's going to be Liverpool winning by three on this occasion not Watford.
0: We hope yes, on. I'm sure Sure, we'd all certainly take that. And of course, we'll have all of the reaction to the game across the Liverpool Echo, Liverpool.com and the Blood Red channel. We'll be back to assess the game on Monday's edition of the podcast, where we'll also be gearing up for the visit to Atletico Madrid on Tuesday night. For now, though, from myself, Matt Addison, Paul Gorst, Ian Doyle and Dan Kay, until next time here on the Blood Red channel, thank you for joining us and goodbye for now.
3: You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.